Are you frustrated because your team doesn't produce quality results fast enough? Stressed out and tired of putting out fires from your team's drama and dysfunction? Welcome to the Drama Free Living Show. This is the show dedicated to helping you and your teams accomplish more with less stress and zero drama. Now, here's your host, Dennis McEntee. Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. I'm Dennis McEntee with my friend Stephen Rao. And Stephen, we're talking about 5W today. So take a stab at it. 5W, what do you think it is? What's up, Doc? It's a possibility. Any other ideas? Uh, when, where, what, why, and why not? Oh, pretty close, pretty close. But neither of those, the 5W, and it's actually a performance coaching model that we've developed, and we have seen our clients really get to the heart of issues really quick. And that's what I love about this model is that many times leaders kind of deal with the web of issues instead of just getting to the spider. And it's like if you can get to the spider, a lot of the webs go away. And so many leaders, they waste their time and, you know, they spend a lot of energy kind of cleaning up webs. And it's sad because if we can't get to the spider of the issue, the webs keep coming up. And this is where leaders end up becoming firefighters, and they spend a lot of activity, and they're busy, but they're not producing results. And Stephen, I, I got to tell you, I'm so frustrated about being busy and not producing results, just having a lot of activity, but not seeing the results in my life personally. And I know that's a common complaint that we have with leaders is that, you know, they're doing the job of the person right below them. They're very busy. They're doing their job. They're doing all these other people's jobs. And Stephen, in fact, what's amazing is, is that we, I had a leader talk to me just a couple of days ago. And he says, well, Dennis, I got to work weekends because my employees aren't doing these things. And it's amazing. I, I kind of thought about it and I, and I told this person, I said, Julie, I said, I think your employees kind of sit back and they go, you know what, this is a lot of work that we have to do, so let's only do this little part, but the rest of this work, we're going to give it to the person that does weekends. Let's give it to that person that works weekends. And that, of course, was, you know, Julie, their boss, was willing to work weekends, and they said, oh, we're going to give it to the person. They didn't say that actually, but I think sometimes people think, hey, let's just give it to that person that works weekends. And that's what happens a lot of times. As leaders and managers, we end up very busy, a lot of activities. So, Stephen, let's talk about how do we get to the spider of an issue. Does that sound good? Absolutely. But before you do that, I think you have to tell everybody where the spider and the web came from because the story is so powerful in helping everybody really understand this. So your wife said there was a spider in the garage Okay, so we, we got to tell the truth on Dennis here because all progress starts with telling the truth. So, you know, Stephen, everybody that really knows me knows that I totally hate spiders. In fact, I could handle a snake, snake much better than I could handle a spider. And I live in South Carolina where we get some pretty big spiders. And so she came in one day and said, oh, my gosh, there's a spider in the garage. And, you know, Stephen, I'm the man of my house. You know, I'm the king of my kingdom. This is my domain. And so I went out there to take care of the spider, and I got the biggest broom that I could find. <laughs> and I went to hit the spider with the broom, and, Stephen, I didn't get the spider. 
And in fact, the spider like crawled on the wall and I was trying to hit it and it got on the floor and it went underneath our freezer in the garage. So Stephen, what do you think I did? I, I did what every good American man does is that we just clean up the web and hope our wife never asks about the spider. <laughs> but amazingly, right? Is it, is it, have you not done that? <laughs> oh, but Dennis, you're lying. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just didn't. She never asked. I didn't tell. Okay, oh, fair enough. Ask, don't tell. We just, I didn't tell. Yep. And so, she, but three days later, she came in from the garage and she said, I thought you killed that spider. And that's where I just had to own it a little bit and say, you know, yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't get the spider. But here's the deal. The spider just produced another web. And I think that's what happens to us a lot of times is that if we don't get the spider of an issue, we just end up cleaning webs. And I'm tired of seeing leaders clean webs, Stephen. I'm tired of managers working overtime just to clean webs. And so that's what kind of drove us to help us discover the five W performance coaching questions. So I think we should tell them. What do you think, Stephen? Sounds great. Okay, so here's how it works. We want you to think of five W's. There are five questions that start with the letter W. Question number one, people come to you, you first want to know what's the problem or what's the issue, some form of what's the problem. Now, they tell you what the problem is. Here's the key question, and what else? And what else is the second question. Now, what you want to do is you want to continue to ask what else and get everything on the table. So they come to you and, they're, and they tell you, you know, well, Sally didn't, you know, get her part of the job done. And what else? Well, and Sally's just kind of lazy. And then what else? Well, Sally's just been, you know, not performing well. And then what else? And what you're doing is you're actually running them out of gas. You're actually running the emotion out of the situation. So what's the problem or what's the issue? The second question is, and what else? And you continue to ask what else. And here's the key distinction, Stephen, is that we continue to ask what else until people actually get frustrated. I look for that sense of frustration where they go, just nothing, nothing else. And as they're saying what else, I'm just documenting everything. And then the third coaching question is, what's the real challenge here for you right now? What's the real challenge here for you right now? And here's what's amazing, Stephen, is typically when people come in with question number one, what's the, what's the problem, what's the challenge? The answer to number one is never the answer to number three. Because once you take them through the what else, they are actually clarifying for themselves what the real issue is. So the third question is, what's the real challenge here for you now? And then they tell you. Now, before you solve it, before you take ownership, before you become the rescuer, before you try to solve people's problems, before you try to be the parent in the, in the situation, whatever kind of role, and before you tend to be the superhero and step in and save the day, the fourth question is, is, well, what would you like to do about that problem you have? What do you want to do about that problem you have? Because the reality is it's their problem. It's not your problem as a leader. And this is the key distinction is we have to help people solve their own problems. We have to believe people are powerful enough to solve their own problems. So what are you going to do about that problem you have? 
and get them to come up with a solution. Co-create with them. You might have to offer some suggestions, but make them own it because people don't argue with their own data. You don't want to tell them what to do. The problem with telling them what to do is you're doing all of the thinking for them. It, Stephen, it's amazing. One of the key complaints that we have from leaders is that our people just don't think enough. Our people are just not thinking at a higher level. But you know the reality, Stephen, is that we're going around telling them what to do. Well, aren't we really doing their thinking for them? Bingo. It's a vicious cycle because it's it's that whole issue of do the same thing for six days and expect something different on day seven. It's the definition of insanity. It's the same kind of cycle, and I see it all the time. And what's amazing is we're mad because they don't think at a higher level, but yet we're doing all their thinking for them. Mm-hmm. And then we're, then we're frustrated. We're burned out. We're, we're out of energy. And so we want to ask, what do you want to do about that problem you have? And there's and one more. We want to co-create and not tell them. Sorry, Dennis. Then, Sorry, Dennis. There's one other, too. We can, yeah. edit. we can edit this. There's one other, too, which is then the higher-up leader or boss or executive says, why don't you have anybody on your team ready to be promoted to the next level? Oh, bingo. And, and that really becomes our, our leadership failure. So part of our job as leaders is to grow people. We want to grow people so that we can go people. We can, we can go with them. We want to grow them so we can go with them. And many times we can't go with them because we haven't done the work to grow them. And part of the challenge, I think, with telling people what to do is that, Stephen, if you tell me what to do and then I go and do it and it doesn't work, guess what I come back and I do to you, Stephen? I say, oh, Stephen, I did what you told me to do. It didn't work. Exactly. And, and then, then it's, just exactly. then it's my problem. responsibility back to you. Exactly. Then it's my problem, not theirs. There's no ownership. So you first start with what's the problem and what else and what else and what else and what else. And you have to be willing to sit with the silence and let them respond. And you said that the whole idea is to run the gas tank empty. So what's the problem and what else and what else and what else and what else? And then the real breakthrough is you then say, well, what's the real challenge here for you right now? What's the real challenge that you're having right now? And so then that is the clarifying question that typically the answer to the what's the real challenge here, the answer to that question is almost always, if not always, different than their original answer to what the problem is. And then your fourth question, what do you want to do with the problem you have? That one I absolutely love. And when I worked at Disney, I wish I had known that one because it would have been such a powerful way to keep it on their shoulders and not, take it myself as a manager. So number four is what do you want to do with the problem you have? What's interesting. I'd love for you to talk about Dennis is what can I expect as a leader who's never done this type of conversation before? What can I expect from the employee when they look at me and I say, what do you want to do with the problem you have? So here's, here's what you're going to first expect with people. Okay, you're going to first expect them to have no idea what you're talking about when you first have this conversation, because people typically are not used to doing their own thinking for themselves. Mm -hmm. They're they're used to having their boss do their thinking for them. So they're going to be a little bit worried. But here's the key thing is I, I want to encourage you if you keep 
working this process, these situations happen less and less because people already know that it's their problem and they need to come up with a solution. And what's amazing is, is that if you start to work this process, you actually speed up. You actually start to speed up the conversation. In the beginning, you're going to have to go a little slow, but you'll actually speed up the conversation because they'll start to realize that this is their problem. And part of the reason that you want to ask this question is you want to pull out different belief structures because belief is always driving behavior. All behavior is driven by belief. So here's a common thing that people share and they, they share a belief and you know it's why we want to use questions because questions pull out pull beliefs out of people and and so a common comment that people make is that, well you're the boss you're just tell me what to do and that is such a tremendous gift it's such a precious gift Stephen because once you give me that gift then that's a real spider that's not a web, that's a spider. Because imagine if I could fix the issue of you believe your boss is supposed to tell you what to do. Uh, what kind of organization could we have when people realize that I'm responsible for my behavior, I'm responsible to fix the problems in my area, and my boss isn't supposed to tell me what to do. I'm not supposed to be the child, I'm supposed to be the adult. And imagine if we could fix that belief. But we can't confront that belief until we first get it out of people. Because remember, people don't argue with their own data. And so this 5W question is part of that process. And Stephen, you know what I just realized? We didn't give them number five. I know. That's the that's the big final five. What is it? Well, maybe we shouldn't give them and just make them come back and listen to the next podcast. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> that would be rude, wouldn't it? That would be rude. It's like, and, you know, but wait, you have to come back tomorrow. That would be horrible. Oh, that would be horrible, so we're not going to do that to people. So after you ask them and you get an answer, what are you going to do about this problem you have, the, the fifth and final question is simply, when are you going to do it? And that's when you just nail down agreements between each other. Because you truly can't manage people. What you can manage is you can manage the agreements we make between each other. And so here's when we co-create and create an agreement between ourselves of this is when you're going to do it. So we probably should recap, Stephen, because it's a lot of questions, and we'll have these in the show notes, these five questions. Is The first one is what's the problem or what's the challenge, some kind of form of that, what's the issue? The key question after that is what else? And many times as leaders we might have to ask this five or six or seven times, what else and then what else and then what else? And what we're looking for is we're looking for a point of frustration from key members because once we get them to that point, they've run out of the emotion and they're now at a place of logic. And once they're at a place of logic, then we can have a very constructive conversation that is very fast-paced. And then what's the real challenge here for you now is number three. And they tell you what the challenge is. And then what would you like to do about that problem you have and then the final question is, is when would you like to solve it? When would you like to take a step or take an action? What I really love about this, Dennis, is because you're using questions, and you know I'm really passionate about this myself, and it's also from my Disney training and other companies that we've worked with. When you ask these questions, there's the conversation you're having and there's the verbal response they're giving you. But what you taught me was the power of what they're not saying. In other words, you learn the maturity 
and the professionalism and whether they have a victim mindset or do they take responsibility and do they make choices where they're coming from a place of mature responsibility or do they blame? And so in those last two questions, what do you want to do with the problem you have and when are you going to address it or when are you going to do that? That's really the moment of truth when you're going to see the level of maturity, ownership, how committed they are. And what do you do at that moment just to help everybody? Because I know people listening right now are, are thinking this. What's that one coaching piece you would give when the person is immature, less professional, or is blaming, or they're playing victim? And so instead of hitting a home run, and as a leader you feel so great about it, what's one tip you'd give them when the person starts to give you answers that are less than what's best for them? That's a great question, Stephen, because it happens so often. And Mm -hmm. even some of our best clients experience the same phenomenon, exactly what you're talking about. So I'm so glad you, you brought this up. So as you're working through this process, here's what you're really looking for. Is you're looking for, is this person going to play the victim in blame and have a story Are they going to be responsible and take ownership? And the reality is, Stephen, unless they're willing to be responsible and take ownership, in a sense, I can't really help them. I can't really help them. Because if you choose to play a victim, and remember, all victimhood is based out of choice poverty. People believe, there's just nothing I can do. I don't have any choice. I don't have any control. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to give the power back to people. We're trying to give people back their control and let them see they have all of the choices in the world. They can make a different choice. They can take an action that can produce a different result. So that's what you're looking for. And so when people go into victimhood, Stephen, then I realize I have to get them out of that place. And the only way for me to do it is for them to self-discover. It's why we've developed a lot of tools called the SOS Feedback Method. is a great tool that we use with people where we actually ask them, you know, when you say that, how do you think you come across? To help them step back and realize that they're playing the victim. So that's what we're really looking for. We're looking for, do you play the victim? and blame, or do you take responsibility and do you own it? So what's really great is on one of your other episodes, you talk about SOS. So for those of you that have that struggle, definitely check out the episode on SOS because it's the very model and script on how to deal with that person. On the other side, when you have that mature, responsible person, what's exciting for me that I've seen when you work with different groups is there's another even more powerful issue at hand, which is the mature, responsible professional who quite honestly, like you said earlier, is craving to be given the empowerment, a word that's so overused today, but they want to be given the responsibility. What happens is because of you teaching this and what we keep hearing from leaders is trust goes up. The thoughts of safety and security go up in the minds of the employees because all of a sudden they're like, wait, I've only been working here for 11 years hoping that I would have a supervisor that would actually let me take the reins and make decisions. So that's the other thing that we haven't talked about is this fundamental strategy, this technique. It not only does all of the diagnostic things we've talked about, but what it also does 
is it says to the employees, this is your work, this is your job, this is your opportunity, take it by the reins, take the brass ring, and run with it. And for all of those high-performing and middle-performing grown adults, they're going to respond to you as a leader and say, thank goodness, I've been asking for this or hoping for this for a long time. It's, it's amazing, Stephen, is that, you know, we say these words like, you know, well, I manage these people. Stephen, do you like to be managed? <laughs> exactly. I tell my wife all the time, okay. stop managing me. Right. Yeah, it's, it's like I hate to be managed. Now, I want to be led all day long. Lead me, absolutely. But don't manage me. And you're absolutely right. Using this 5W process helps your, helps your real high achievers take even a greater level of responsibility. And they crave this kind of interaction with you as a leader. And so what happens many times is that, you know, we manage to the lowest common denominator. We, you know, we have this team member that maybe is, you know, not performing. And so we assume all of our people are that. And we manage them all the same way. And isn't it ridiculous, Stephen? And then we wonder why we have, like, our high achievers leaving. Because the reality is, even if you treat me like a, like a victim, you try to rescue me, you try to manage me, I'm not going to stay in your organization. Because I want to have a high-level responsibility and ownership. Exactly. The high performers are going to leave because that's not the world they want to be living in. Exactly. Absolutely. So let's kind of wrap it up. we got the five W's. We want to give it to you again. It's The first one is, what's the issue or problem? However you want to frame it, but what's the problem? What's the issue? Then what else? And sometimes you have to ask what else five or six times, maybe ten times. If people are in high drama, get it all out, run them out of gas. And then what's the real challenge here for you now? And then what would you like to do about that problem you have? And then number five, when do you want to do it? Create an agreement and manage and lead at a faster, higher rate with a lot more trust and honestly a lot a lot less stress. We see a lot of managers, they just have a tremendous amount of stress because they're trying to clean up all of these webs. And the 5W coaching process, it really gets to the spider of the issue. Stephen, in closing, is there anything that anything else that you can add? No, I wish I had known this during the several years I was at Walt Disney World because Disney was incredible at teaching, coaching, and, and all of that, but you have put a frame to it. You've put a framework to it, and those last two questions are worth gold. The last two questions of those five Ws, for me, that's where the transformation is. So thank you so much for sharing that. Awesome. So we just want to wrap it up. Go use the five W's. Go make a difference. Go lead better. Go become the leader that you were destined to be. We'll see you next time on the Drama Free Living Podcast. Thanks for listening today. Hopefully you'll take action on one power strategy immediately. Our passion is to help people just like you. We believe you can create a high trust, high performance team that produces better results faster. And you can do it without working harder in less time. For more fast action techniques and strategies, go now to www.dramafreeresults.com.